This August on Womanica, we're taking a trip through history to discover the stories of muses, women whose lives inspired work that's shaped our culture in small ways and large. Special thanks to this month's sponsor, Mercedes-Benz, whose own famous namesake was inspired by a young muse named Mercedes. Join us all month long for fascinating stories of women who are drivers of creativity, inspiration, and artistic expression. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Womanica. This month, we're talking about muses, women who were drivers of creativity and inspiration. Today, we're talking about the woman who's known as art's greatest supermodel. She's famously immortalized in paintings as Shakespeare's Viola and Ophelia. But she was also an artist and poet in her own right. Meet Elizabeth Sedal. Elizabeth, or Lizzie, was born in London in 1829. She was the oldest of six children. Lizzie's father owned a cutlery business, and the family was well off. But after he spent years in a failed property dispute, the family lost most of its fortune. Despite her family's unexpected fall in society, Lizzie still learned the manners and customs of the upper class. There's no record that Lizzie attended school, but she developed a love for poetry at a young age after stumbling upon a poem by Alfred Tennyson. When Lizzie was 20 years old, she found work at a hat shop in central London. In her free time, she worked on her drawing skills. It's unclear exactly how they met, but in 1849, Lizzie was asked to model for the painter Walter Deverell. At the time, modeling wasn't seen as a reputable career. But Lizzie's job at the hat shop meant long hours in unpleasant conditions, and her health was suffering. Lizzie's mother reluctantly agreed to let her work with Deverell. In her first modeling job for Deverell, Lizzie appears as Viola from Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. Deverell was part of the Pre-Raphaelite Brotherhood, a group of artists dedicated to realism in their work. Delighted with his new model, he quickly introduced Lizzie to his friends. He announced, You fellows can't tell what a stupendously beautiful creature I've found. She's like a queen, magnificently tall. Lizzie was an unusual choice for a muse. Modern viewers might see her willowy frame and long auburn hair as classically beautiful. But at the time, thinness wasn't considered attractive, and red hair was looked down upon. Still, the group of artists saw something special in Lizzie's unique appearance. Lizzie famously appears as Ophelia from Hamlet in the 1852 painting by Sir John Everett Millais. On icy winter days, Lizzie posed for Millais in a tub of water so the painter could capture the character's infamous drowning. Oil lamps placed beneath the tub kept the water warm. But inevitably, the lamps flickered out, and Lizzie sat in freezing water for hours. She got so sick afterward that her father threatened malaise with legal action if he didn't pay her doctor's bills. Lizzie's most enduring legacy is probably her work with painter Dante Gabriel Rossetti. He was enamored with Lizzie and jealous when his artist friends used her in their paintings. Eventually, Rossetti persuaded her to pose only for him. Art historians estimate that Rossetti produced thousands of paintings and sketches of Lizzie. 
His most famous painting of her is Beata Beatrix, in which he depicts the poet Dante's Beatrice character praying. Lizzie wasn't just Rossetti's model. By 1854, she became his student as well, honing her technique as a painter and sketch artist. During this period, she completed watercolors, sketches, drawings, and a self-portrait oil painting. Lizzie also spent plenty of time writing dark and brooding poetry, though it wasn't published until after her death. Here's a stanza from her poem, Worn Out. For I am but a startled thing, nor can I ever be, aught save a bird whose broken wing must fly away from thee. Lizzie's relationship with Rossetti was also a romantic one. The couple was engaged for nearly a decade, but Rossetti never seemed ready for a wedding, possibly because of his frequent affairs. Lizzie was also living with an addiction to laudanum, a commonly prescribed drug which was an early opioid. Historians speculate that Lizzie also struggled with anorexia, though that wasn't a known illness yet. After years of ups and downs, Lizzie and Rossetti separated. Lizzie moved to Sheffield to continue her artistic studies, but her health grew steadily worse. In 1860, her parents wrote to Rossetti, informing the painter of her dire condition. He rushed to Lizzie's side with a marriage license. Lizzie and Rossetti got married when she was well enough. Soon, she was pregnant. But in 1861, their daughter was stillborn. Lizzie was devastated, and she leaned even more heavily on laudanum to cope with her loss. On February 11, 1862, Rossetti returned home from a night out to find Lizzie had died of a drug overdose. She was just 32 years old. In a show of dedication to his wife, Rossetti buried the only manuscripts of his poetry with Lizzie's body. But as the years went by, Rossetti began to yearn for his lost poems. In 1869, seven years after Lizzie's death, Rossetti arranged for Lizzie's body to be exhumed. When her grave was reopened, Rossetti wasn't there. Some speculate it was because he didn't want people to know he was involved in the morbid task. It happened in the dead of night, with a bonfire providing enough light for the workers to dig by. Rossetti's friend, Charles Augustus Howell, later swore that when they opened her coffin, he saw a perfectly preserved Lizzie. She was still youthful with no sign of decay. In fact, he said, her silky hair had continued to grow until it filled the coffin. Of course, this story is impossible, and Charles was known to be a liar and manipulator. Regardless, the legend transformed Lizzie into a gothic cult figure in the years after her death. To this day, some people are certain that Lizzie remains undead. All month, we're highlighting muses. For more information, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Womanica Podcast. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you tomorrow.